CBS previews are going virtual this year. There's no need to take off work. There are no limiting travel expenses, so you can afford to bring your entire team. Pick the day and the time that works best for you. What are you waiting for? Grab your whole team and join us for VBS Preview. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. And you may be thinking, I don't recognize that voice, uh, or at least not one that you hear very often. Uh, my name is Jeremy Carroll, and uh, I'm one of the uh, publishing managers here at Lifeway Kids, and I get to oversee uh, and steward the team that produces the discipleship resources and the VBS resources. Um, and Chuck Peters asked if I could guest host a few of uh, the episodes of our podcast, and uh, I'm happy to, to be able to sit in this chair and to talk with you all uh, over the next several weeks and give Chuck uh, a chance to do something different. And that is he's going to be sitting in the guest chair uh, this week. So, hey, Chuck, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, Jeremy, I'm doing great. Hey, listeners, how's it going, everybody? Good to be here. And it's fun to be on the other side of the microphone once in a while. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're uh, glad to have you here in any capacity. And uh, you, uh, those who know Chuck, uh, many of our listeners have met him. Uh, at some of our VBS events or maybe at Etch. And, and you know that Chuck just, um, he just exudes passion and energy out of everything. And so we're, um, this this first episode where I get to guest host, uh, it makes the most sense for me to be able to, to, to feed off of Chuck's energy and uh, have Chuck here as a guest uh, today. So Chuck, I want to pull off a little bit of something you often do oh, um, no. uh, in in your podcast. I used to call it uh, a little bit, a uh, little you, or something like that. <laughs> That's right. And uh, and so uh, this uh, this week, as we're recording this podcast, we had an unexpected snow day, and uh, I love a good snow day. Um, and I got a chance to uh, my little. I have six kids, and my little kids, like those who are under. Uh, the the nine year old and younger they had never experienced a real snow day and and I get oh, it yeah. this is not snow day like the North snow days I get this right, Tennessee right. snow day but there Which was we enough get, like once every four or five years we get a good <laughs> inch of snow for about half the day that's right and, and that's kind of <laughs> what this was but it was enough and I seen saw some of your pictures Chuck but I, it was enough that um, we were able to get out and build a couple of snowmen in our backyard and um, and so that was fun I, we built. Uh, snowman version one. We actually ro- did the whole rolling the balls through the yard. My kids had never got to do that. So that was fun. This, this first snowman, we'll call him 1.0. He was about six <laughs> foot tall. Um, nice. and he was, man, he was so uh, good. And I thought he was really good and solid. Uh, turns out he was not. As soon as I turned around and walked away, he crashed. And, uh, and so we had to rebuild him. He only ended up to be about four feet tall in the 2.0 version. Uh, but it was still fun to get out and see the snow day. So I was wondering, I know Chuck, you have grown up in, uh, spent times in different parts of the country, but one of the places was up in, in New Jersey. And no doubt uh, you probably have some fun snow day memories from you, uh, from your childhood. I'd, I'd love to hear something. Yeah. So yeah, I grew up in, uh, Eastern Pennsylvania in New Jersey when I was in grade school, elementary school. And uh, we had some pretty good snowstorms back then. That's, you know, it, it was kind of normal because when winter would come, you'd get three, four, six inches of snow pretty regularly. So, yeah, I remember those days of, you know, building an igloo out uh, by the mailbox and having one of those red plastic things that you pack snow into <laughs> and it makes blocks. Oh, yeah. I remember having that. 
I always thought it would be cool to have one of the snowball makers. You know, it's like a big okay. pair oh, of scissors cool. that makes a snowball. <laughs> nice. Those were never as good as just using your hands, you mm -hmm. know? So, uh, yeah, I remember having some great times in the snow. One of my favorites was um, my, we didn't live in the same town as my grandparents when I was growing up. They both lived another state away from us. But my, my grandpa Carpenter, which is my mom's dad, had a big hill outside his house when I was really little. And he had this, the coolest sled that I've ever ridden. Oh, yeah. It was a, a wooden toboggan, you know, the kind with like the curvy front. Yeah. And you could fit, for me as a little kid, it seemed like you could fit nine people on this thing. It was probably wow. three or four. But I remember riding that with my, my aunt and uh and riding down that that big hill on that big long sled was one of the mm -hmm. greatest things so yeah it's fun i'm i so so um spent some of my adult years out in texas mostly grew up here in tennessee so i've never really had any consistent snow days i do remember one snow day uh actually in texas and i, I believe it may have been a christmas day where we got this unexpected just it wasn't really bl blizzard level but for texas it was yes. and i i remember we built this huge snowman but i never um we, we never everywhere we live was flat of course texas is mostly flat and my yard here is is really mostly flat and so we've never got to do the sledding thing uh, i never did that really as a kid growing up and my kids have nearly never experienced that um, and so that's, that's one of those that I long for. Maybe we'll have enough snow, uh, sometime here in 2021. And, uh, maybe I can actually the previous owners of my house, just anecdotally previous owner of my house left two sleds up yeah. in our shed. So we actually have sleds. <laughs> I just haven't had a chance to use them yet. So maybe we, we have shed sleds also. We've yeah. got five or six that are up in our one shed yeah. and they come out about once every four years when we get enough snow. You know, yeah. Jeremy, let me tell you one of my favorite memories of snow was not as a child. One oh, of yeah. my absolute favorite snowstorm memories was about two years ago in January at Ridgecrest. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we were there for VBS Preview and Institute. And we had, you know, tons of friends coming in from all over the country for VBS Institute and Preview. So we had friends from Texas, friends from Georgia, friends from Florida, you know, all through the south where they don't get a lot of snow. Right. And we got, I don't know, four, five, six inches of snow at Ridgecrest overnight. And all of these adult kids ministry leaders <laughs> were jumping on, you know, trays from the cafeteria and trash bags that they had pulled out. And they're sledding down the hill. It was one of the most exciting and joyful and fun memories of VBS events. So at any rate, that, that's a fun memory, that riding trash bags at Ridgecrest. That's that's awesome because no one knows how to take advantage of a good, fun experience like his ministers. And uh, well, one of the life, one of the life uh, uh, bits of wisdom, like a, a proverb that came out of that is uh, you can't steer a trash bag. Yeah. So that, that right there, that <laughs> phrase right there is a, a bit of wisdom that, that has applied to many different things uh, yeah. since then. It's a good phrase every now and then when something's going wrong and you can't control it, yeah. you know, you can't steer a trash bag. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, and so so as, as we kind of turn the corner, I'll use that as a transition, as we, <laughs> as we turn our corner into today's conversation um, about... Uh, uh, we're going to talk about Gideon and, and yeah. altered plans and, and what happens when plan B has to become plan A or plan C has to become plan A. And, and so I wonder, and I made a note, I was thinking, you know, so many people, you've probably seen this on social media. People are asking, well, what's your plan? What's your word for 2020? Or what would you do for 2020? And many of those are things like change or flexibility or, 
or certainly in ministry, we, we've seen that. But um, yeah, if, I guess if you were going to use a phrase, maybe for 2020, it would be you can't steer a trash bag. For um, 2021, <laughs> too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And so can't steer as, it. <laughs> as we get into 2021, um, you know, maybe there are some words that uh, come uh, come to, to mind that uh, you're hoping will, will come to fruition, that will help guide. Uh, I know we posted uh, in, on uh, Kids Ministry 101 blog recently about... Um, uh, you know, that idea of surrender and just following God's will and being submissive to him. And I think that there's such uh, such strength and wisdom to that. Um, one, we may not be as apt to call for 2021, and that is planning. And I think the reason for that is coming out of 2020 is because our plans kept falling apart. Yeah. But I don't think that that's, uh, I don't think that that's wise. I think we need to plan, still plan the best we can and just have backup plans. So we'll have a plan B because you never know when that plan B needs to come to be a plan A. And right. so uh, along that line, uh, you know, let's, let's, you, you wanted to talk about Gideon and his story. So let's start there. Yeah. Um, I know many of us, are, our listeners are going to be familiar with that, but can you, can you take us uh, to Judges uh, 6 through 8 and give us a little bit of story, um, paraphrase of, of Gideon's story? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we've, Throughout this whole pandemic, I know we've all had time to kind of reflect and to meditate and, you know, kind of process all the things that we're going through. And, of course, we at Lifeway Kids as leaders and, uh, and influencers in kids ministry, we want to be very in touch with what the church is experiencing, with what leaders are feeling, and be able to come alongside. You know, we want to be a, a paraclete. We're, we're a ministry at Lifeway Kids. We're not just, you know, a publishing company, company that sells you materials. We are ministry partners who really want to design experiences that fuel ministry and, right. and, and partner with you with through training and encouragement and things like the blog and the podcast are great ways to do that. But so we're thinking with the church, we're thinking with you as leaders about how do we what do we do with all that we're seeing and experiencing and what does ministry look like going forward so that we can provide resources and training and things that are you know, that are helpful um, for the situation we find ourselves in. And the reality is the situation we find ourselves in across the board is not the one that any of us would have expected. That's right, yeah. And so here we are, we're in a place where we all had this beautiful plan A and our plan A has largely been turned upside down, tipped on its head, and we've had to figure out what to do instead. And so as we have processed on that, and as I've spent a lot of time thinking on it, I uh, you know, we're all very familiar with the story of Gideon in kids ministry. We'll recap it for those who may not be as familiar. But so Gideon in Judges, you know, six, seven and eight. Here's Gideon. And, and he is uh, he's an Israelite leader. Uh, uh, and uh, the, the Midianites are just tormenting Israel. They're coming in and they're stealing their crops and they're uh, they're they're harassing them. And, and they've basically plundered Israel. That's all in Judges 6. And then what we find is that Israelites have resorted to basically hiding. They're essentially sequestered. They're quarantining, right, if you will, <laughs> using a 2020, yeah. 2021 word. So when we first find Gideon, he is on the floor of a wine press, and he's threshing grain down here so that he won't be seen by anybody. He's hiding and the angel of the Lord appears to him, and, and God has a plan for Gideon. The plan that God has is he's going to use Gideon to defeat the Midianites and to liberate Israel in this, in this way. And yet here's Gideon, who's this, you know, quote-unquote hero, and, and he's hiding down in this pit so he won't be seen. When the angel of the Lord comes to him, 
he says, you know, basically he's like, greetings, mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, who are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah. Me? He's like, who? I'm. Maybe you don't know who my story here, but he's like, my family is the weakest, and I'm the weakest one in my whole family, and yet you're talking to me like this, and yet God looks at this guy, who is who is stuck in his stress, who is functioning in his fear, and who's essentially paralyzed from a position of power. Uh, he he's surviving, but he is not thriving. And here he is, and he is hiding. And yet God says, I'm going to do something with you, through you, using you. And Gideon himself doesn't believe that that's possible. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of us in ministry right now are focused on all the things that we can't do. There's a lot of stuff that's been taken from us during this season. There's a lot of loss that we're feeling. The ability to gather, the ability to see our kids and love on our kids in person, the ability to to come together for normal teaching and ministry and leadership and all the stuff that we do. It's all things that in our minds requires being together in the same place at the same time. And yet here we are and all of that has been yanked out from under this. That's that plan A. It's been yeah. taken away. And so back to Gideon, you know, he, God says, okay, Gideon, we're going to, we're going to uh, take the Midianites and here, here we go. And Gideon is doubtful. You know, he. this is where the, the whole story of putting your fleece out, that whole right, concept yeah. comes from this, where Gideon says, boy, God, if I just don't know. If you're really with me, give me a sign. And he's like, if I put the fleece out and it's dry, but the ground is wet. And then he flips it the next day. He's like, well, if, the, you know, if it's wet, but the ground is dry. And God does those things to show his faithfulness. And then, uh, and then God uh, let's Gideon put out this call for soldiers to come. He's like, guys, we're going to battle. Here we go. And he does what any of us, of us would have done. And he's, he sets out with a mindset of a plan of attack mm -hmm. that involves soldiers, swords, and spears. And you know, the rest of that story is God, they, they bring together all these soldiers, more than 30,000 of them. And then God slowly whittles them away. And he said, you have too many men. And he takes some away. And now, if you're Gideon, you're thinking, well, Lord, don't you know this is how we win is we need more men and we need right. more weapons yeah. and we need more, more power. And yet God says, nope, uh, let's send 10,000 away. Let's send more away. Let's send more away. And he takes those 30,000. Remember, you know, if they drink the water a certain way, send them home. If they're afraid, send them, send them home. And he winds up with 300 men. 300 men. Now that's in, in worldly wisdom, that is no way to go fight and win a battle. <laughs> no. But throughout the process, God also took away the swords and the spears. And he said, Gideon, we're going to do this my way. And God's way is different than our way. You know, so many times we, we want to have God do it our way. And we're like, God, here's a plan. I've got this great plan. Just bless my plan. Here we go. And instead, we need to think a little differently. We need to think about, about getting on board with what God is doing and us getting on board with his plan rather than asking him to get on board with ours. And so he takes away the soldiers, swords and spears. And instead he equips Gideon with these other three things with trumpets, torches and terracotta pots. And they surround, you know, they surround the encampment, which the Bible describes in these ways that, that just illustrate how huge an army Midian was. And these 300 guys have their torches under the, t under the pots, and at the right time, they break them, they blow the horns, and it's chaos down there. And the Lord uses these 300 guys, this tiny group of people, to, uh, to defeat Midian in his way so that he would get the glory. 
instead of them saying, we did this, they can only say, God did this. And I feel like we find ourselves in a really similar situation. So as I read through that story of Gideon, I can't help but think about where we sit today in kids' ministry. Our spears and soldiers, in a lot of, in a lot of ways, our soldiers, our teachers that we've counted on forever are maybe gone. And we're left with a remnant of people, uh, a small little cohort that, that we have to do ministry with. And we, and we don't have swords and spears, but, but maybe we do we need to start looking to see the trumpets, torches, and terracotta pots that God has given us. Yeah, that's that's good. And so we've got, um, we, we know, one of the things we see from Gideon, what you what you said, is that oftentimes in our in our flesh and with good intention, we we look at our circumstances, we survey what's happening, and we just we we try to come up with our own plan for ministry. We try to come up with what we want to do, um, and. Sometimes we do that without even factoring in that maybe this, maybe I do this and God doesn't get all the glory. Maybe I do this and and it just shows people how valuable I am to the team. Um, and while we certainly, we at Life with Kids uh, can attest that 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 kids ministry leaders are so valuable to the team, they are 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 critical to the ministry team wherever you are and in your community and your church. Um, but God hasn't placed us in places so that we get the glory. God places us in places so He can get the glory, and uh, and so right. I think uh, I think that's such an such an encouraging word that we can learn uh, from from Gideon. Um, now there, right. did you, you? I think you told me one time you had you, there there are kind of five steps through yeah. there. Uh, so let's let's walk through each of those five things that that you these truths that you've gleaned yeah. or these applications. I think that there are five truths that we can that we can pull out that we can extract from the story of Gideon that, that apply to us where we are today. The first one, Jeremy, is that fear is not from God. Mm-hmm. Fear is not from God. I think a lot of us, when our plan A is uh, is uh, becomes an obstacle to accomplishing that, we 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 hit the wall and we we stop, we yeah. freeze. That's part of the, the normal uh, fear response is fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us in ministry have been frozen. Uh, there's a little bit of paralysis that, that has hit us and because uh, we don't know what to do if we can't do it the way we've always done it. And so that can be something that's discouraging, that's depressing, that's difficult, certainly something that's a big challenge for us. And so my challenge would be to say, guys, let's let's be – Um, let's be determined that we will not stay stuck in our fear uh, because we can be afraid of gathering and afraid of not gathering and afraid we're not doing enough Mm -hmm. and afraid of who knows what. And therefore we want ourselves hiding on the threshing floor, (laughs) right? Instead of, instead of going to battle and finding a new way to accomplish the mission. So my encouragement would be, don't be afraid or dismayed. That sounds like going back to Joshua. <laughs> you know why? Because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Yeah. So, guys, God is with you right now, and so He looks at you, even if you're hiding out down in the you know down in the wine cellar there, smashing your wheat. He sees you where you are, and he, and He's looking at each of us as leaders and saying, "Mighty warrior, you need to know that you, God put you in your role." He put you where you are, made you who you are, and he put you here for such a time as this. That sounds like another uh, (laughs) famous passage with Esther. So uh, that's true. 
He's made you who you are, gifted you how you are, and put you where you are for right now. And he wants to accomplish that. So the first truth is fear is not from God. We need to resist staying stuck in our stress and functioning in our fear. Yeah, that's good. And and we see that in in that's reiterated in the New Testament. So that's not just Old Testament. The consistent, consistent uh, message of Scripture is do not be afraid. Yes. Do not be afraid. Um, and I think that's such a, a, a good word for us. What's that, that second one, Chuck? Okay, so the second one is your ministry is not your ministry. It all belongs to God. The ministry that we do is his. God, uh, God is, um, is in charge. <laughs> the church is his. Uh, the, the people who need to be reached, the children who need to hear the word, the families who need to be ministered to, that's all his plan. It's his job. It's not for us to carry the weight or the burden of that ministry. Ours is to be available to be used by God in his ministry. So that little shift of mindset can relieve a lot of pressure. You know, when I feel like this is all up to me and I have to figure it out and I have to have a plan and I, 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 we will all die if we focus on I, right? (laughs) And so (laughs) we need to instead turn our eyes upon Jesus. And so the ministry belongs to God. And when it's his and we just say, God, look, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm available then just use me in this situation to do whatever you want to do, and I'm and I will listen, and where you lead, I will follow. That's what he asks us to do. It's not about being successful; it's about being available and being faithful. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I, I had a, a pastor, a former pastor of mine from years ago, who used to say, "The best of." Ability is availability, and the best mission is submission. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's there's so much truth to that. That God, that's what God wants us. He, he wants us just to, uh, uh, to come before Him and be available and willing and obedient. Just be faithful wherever He puts you, whatever He's called you to do. Just be faithful and give Him the glory. I, that's such a good one. What's that third one, Chuck? So the third one is uh, it, it, this is a little bit of a of a bigger one, but the the, the the third truth is the battle belongs to the Lord. Mm-hmm. The battle belongs to the Lord. Now, that's a little bit similar to the second one where your ministry isn't your ministry. Uh, but the other part of this third truth, the battle belongs to the Lord, is the reality that we are in the midst of a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to acknowledge that what is happening around us isn't about a physical illness or a physical virus or a pandemic. There is spiritual warfare going on. We know that that's true all through scripture. We have an enemy who wants to disrupt and distract and discourage and defeat us. He doesn't want kids to know Jesus. He doesn't want you to accomplish your mission. Why are we surprised, Jeremy, when we face various trials? I mean, Peter says, don't be surprised when you face this fiery ordeal that's among you as if something strange were happening to you. Why? Because we are in a spiritual battle. But the good news of this third truth is it's not our battle to win or lose. Mm-hmm. The battle belongs to the Lord. We know in the end he wins. If you read all the way to the end of the book, we know that God ultimately wins, right? And so, yes, we are soldiers, but we're soldiers under command and, and we are his. And so it's his battle and, and the Lord will fight it the way he wants to. <laughs> so there's your third yeah. truth. Yeah, that's good. And it helps us to remember that. Again, like you said, it, it, it is our ministry is not our ministry. Um, we need to remember that, but like you said, that's close. The second one being that the battle belongs to the Lord or the third one rather. Yeah. We don't have to worry about the outcome 
Because if we're faithful and we're in our our purpose, our mission is to give glory to God, then we can rest comfortably. We can be we can um, uh, can take that that biblical rest that God calls you. Come to me who are weary and, and burdened, and I'm going to give you yes. rest. Um, he's going to give you rest from the weariness of ministry and the stress that comes along uh, with with all of that trying to strive for the planning. We can know we can that that's such a comfort to us that the battle really does belong. Well, and, and that reminds me of the words of David, right? When he was standing before Goliath, that's first Samuel 17. And I think it's verse 47 where, where David stands there, the battle lines are drawn and it's little David up against big Goliath. And he says, you know, you come at me with a shield and a sword, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Yeah. And it's the Lord who fights the battle. And so that's where the whole idea of the battle belongs to him was from that, you know, and that, yeah. that whole story of David and Goliath. We use it a lot of different ways and maybe misuse it a lot of ways to say, well, we're this little person against this big Goliath, whatever your Goliath is in your life. Well, the truth is none of that is about us. It's all about God. It's his battle. He's the one who defeats Goliath and and his strength is perfect within our weakness, right? And and so it's, it's in our weakness that we see God's strength. And so, yes, the battle belongs to him. All right, we got two more to get through uh, in our in our time together. What's, what's that number four? All right, the fourth one is we have a promise in Scripture, and this promise, this truth, is that God will accomplish His plan. His plan will not be thwarted. God's will will be done. Yes. And so we know Ephesians two ten. You know, we talk about uh, where His workmanship created in Christ Jesus, and a lot of us stop there. But the rest of that verse says, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Mm -hmm. God's plan is in place. He is working it out and his will will be done and the gates of hell won't stand against it. So although there will be opposition, we know that God's plan will see its way through. He will make it happen. And that might mean taking away our swords and our spears and giving us trumpets and terracotta pots. Yeah. But but no matter how he does it, he and that's the fifth truth. Let's go to the fifth truth. Yeah, the fifth ahead. truth yeah. is, yeah, God's will will be accomplished. God's God will accomplish his plan. That's truth number four. And number five is, but <laughs> but it might not look the way that we think it should look. Mm-hmm. It may not look the way God is going to do what he's doing right now looks different than what any of us would expect or hope for or want. And yet here we are. But what we need to hold on to is fear is not from him. Our ministry is not ours. The battle belongs to him. His will will be accomplished. It just may not look the way that we want it to. And so there's a promise in that. When we look at the world and things look like they're upside down, God, God functions in the upside down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, God always does things his own way. And he has the right to change that. And so he can take away soldier swords and spears and give us trumpets, torches, and terracotta pots. And, uh, but uh, we, we, it's for us, is to adjust and to trust. We, we need to be willing to let go of our plan and submit to his plan. You mentioned that word, the best mission is submission or whatever that was. That was great. I yeah. love that. We need to adjust and we need to trust him and be faithful in doing whatever it is that he wants to do. Yeah, that's that's so good. We 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 know that we get stuck in our in our mindset of the plan has to be a certain way, and I think that's such an encouragement from Gideon that that um, it may not look the way that at the end Plan B may become Plan A, and you know what? That's okay. It really is all right. It's it's his battle. It's his mission. It's his goal that will be accomplished. 
and um, we can we can rest in that. We can be we can take uh, comfort in that. And so my encouragement to 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 that would be uh, for our listeners is as you are trying to figure out how to adjust and to trust, uh, uh, make sure you are setting aside a time of of uh, prayer and scripture reading. Um, but uh, let the word of God dwell richly in you, as Paul says, because that's where that trust is going to sink deep, deep down. And as you have to adjust, God is going to work within you uh, to be able uh, to do that and to be able to, to be restful as you follow his plans as they change according to that. Any final comment there, Chuck? On Yeah, you know, uh, just a parting thought would be <laughs> our plan B was God's plan A all along. Yeah. <laughs> He's not surprised. This, this was his plan. He knew from before time what would be happening today. And for us, it's a surprise. And for us, it's an adjustment. And for us, it's plan B. But for God, this was plan A all along. We just need to get on board with his plan instead of our own. Oh, that's a, that's a good word. Yeah, we got to always remember that, 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 that important truth, that God, um, that, that God never reacts um, to what's happening around us. We react, but God is in control and, and his actions are, are taking root. Listeners, thanks again for joining us today. We are always honored and, and excited, really, to have the opportunity to partner with you and to encourage you. As we've all waited our way through 2020 and now looking ahead to what 2021 has in store, for most of us, kids' ministry looks different than it ever has. Really, we can't afford to wait for the old normal to come back. We've got to actively, urgently seek out new ways to share the gospel, to take that gospel wherever kids are. We must be ready to follow God's plan and embrace a kids' ministry from anywhere posture. <laughs> to that end, you can find helpful strategy ideas, ebooks, training videos, Bible study resources, and a lot more to help you as you reach, teach, and disciple the kids in your community and church in new ways at lifeway.com slash kids ministry from anywhere. I'm looking forward to being with you again here on the next episode of our Kids Ministry 101 podcast.